This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am Jimmy Gasparro, one of the hosts of the podcast. And with me today, I have two comic creators that I am uh, very excited to talk to. I'm kind of continuing my, I guess, self-indulgent series where I'm interviewing some of my favorite creators, uh, especially as we approach Halloween, who um, have written some of my favorite horror comics in the past few years or have some uh, very exciting horror comics coming out. And so today I am so happy to welcome to the podcast uh, Eisner and GLAD nominated writer uh, Tate Bromble, and as well as artist uh, extraordinaire who has just done some amazing covers recently, fantastic work on Euthanauts, as well as uh, the Dreaming Waking Hours, uh, Nick Robles. Welcome both to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having hey. us. Yeah. Now, I'm very excited to um, to have both of you on, um, you know, just to get started a little bit. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about I, I, the Behold Behemoth, which I believe is uh, Boom Studios. It's coming up in November. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk all about it. But before we do, I just kind of want to I like to, you know, get a sense of um, as a writer and artist, uh, how did you guys both? How did you both get your start? Um, you know, Tate, did you want to start in terms of how, like, when did you first decide that you could be a writer? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I've always wanted to be a writer. I didn't think I would end up a writer, but I always wanted to. And I loved writing ever since, like, my first creative writing classes, or even before that, like in school. I would write stories with my grandmother growing up, and she would illustrate them. Um, oh, that's uh, awesome! So that was yeah, so it was very sweet. So I think I got my love of reading and writing from her. Um, and she, we both she had a massive imagination, and we would just imagine stories together growing up. Um, but then when school happened, I like really did well in writing. My parents were always supportive. I just thought it was like a nice little hobby. Didn't think I would go for it. Um, and didn't really know how to. 
I started down one path um, for college, which was not creative or writing at all. Tried it for a year and was like, I can't do this and transferred to a media program in Toronto where I live now. Um, and it was like a TV and film production kind of thing where I specialized in TV writing. I interned for a producer here in Toronto who did TV and film. And she was adapting Essex County, Jeff Winger's Essex County for CBC. Um, and then I was like, please let me into the writer's room. I, I'll take on more, <laughs> more work. I wasn't being paid, but I was like, I'll do more work. I'll be an assistant. Just, I love this graphic novel. Can I please be in this room? And she was like, fine, but you'll have to do notes. You'll have to get us coffee. You'll be ordering us lunch. I'm like, it's fine. And then I didn't even know if Jeff would be there. But then one of the days on the week, he like showed up and I met uh, Jeff Lemire, um, which was like insane. I, I remember I saw him in the lobby and I hid and I was like, I, I don't know how to introduce myself. <laughs> but then um, when we got into the writer's room, I like sat beside him and introduced myself, talked to him and we hit it off really well because um, we both loved comics. I grew up reading comics. I loved his comics. Um, and then we just, we got along and then he started mentoring me and I was like, I remember being, I remember saying that I didn't know how to get into TV writing because that's what I wanted to do. I was like, it's hard to become a TV writer. You really have to like get in an entry kind of like intern level and work your way up across like years. Mm -hmm. Um, and he said, if you love comics, why aren't you just writing comics? And I was like, what, you can do that. Um, so then he started mentoring me and like, I started scripting, I started coming up with ideas and pitches that would never see the light of day. Um, and then basically he gave me after mentoring me for a few years and I was kind of like an unofficial assistant with him. He gave me like my first chance at writing with Barbalian Red Planet, um, which came out in 2020, I think, um, yeah, so that was my first big project where I was like, holy crap, I can actually be a comics writer, which was very surreal. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of how I ended up on this path. But I always wanted to be a writer. I always loved comics. I just didn't know I could do both of those things. And then I basically owe it all to Jeff and I wouldn't be here without him. So, yeah. And, and you started off hiding from him in the lobby. Actually, <laughs> in the lobby. Sometimes I still do that when I see him coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, that and especially to be involved, trying you know get yourself in the door for Essex County, which is such like not only one like his quintessential Jeff Lemire works. Uh, yeah. You know, in terms of Canadian comics, in terms yeah. of kind of slice of life comics, it 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 like ticks all of these boxes. I mean, in addition to be a, a beautifully told and drawn, you know, story. Mm -hmm. Um. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's very surreal. And I'm still, I don't know, I still don't believe I'm here making comics. Like the little seven-year-old Tate that used to dream up <laughs> crazy comic ideas would not believe it. <laughs> right. And then especially with uh, Barbalian, which if anyone listening to the podcast hasn't read Barbalian, just hit, like, hit pause and go get it. <laughs> Buy it or go to the library might be on hoopla whatever you do yeah. to get comics yeah. and read barbali and then come I, back and listen to the rest <laughs> of this because it's one of my favorite series in the black hammer universe oh thank you um Same. and uh i love it no no slouch <laughs> no slouches in terms of the art i think it's uh, uh oh my walter jordy belair and, and it's lettered by aditya Bidikar. so 
Yeah, I was like, I always knew that I like I had them, so it would fall back on their laurels. Like, like I knew the art would be beautiful; it would be lettered incredibly. So I was in good hands. Um, wow! And all right, well, well, Nick, I don't want to leave you out. So, in terms of you know, you as a kid, where you know a lot of artists that I've talked to, they they were always mm-hmm. drawing, always doodling, always doing something. Is yeah. that kind of how you were? That's exactly how it was. And uh, funny, just like Tate, my grandmother helped me a lot. She was an artist, too. And she always used to say, like, I remember when you when you were little and you came up and asked me, how did I draw that or how did I do this? And she had to teach me how to do it and how to do perspective and stuff back way too early and stuff <laughs> before I could understand no. it and everything. But, yeah, she was a huge influence and uh, a supporter of my art. And just following that path, just I've been lucky enough for a lot of my family is very supportive of that. So I right. ended up just kind of following it forever. And it's it, it's been a weird zigzagging path because I never thought I could do comics. That's it. That was like the first thing from my goal. I thought I was going to like become an oil painter or something. Just I, I looked at comics and I, I never was a huge comic fan, but um, I I'd read some like Hellboy was one of my first introductions when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and uh, just looking at what they did and the time they were allowed to do it and just how fast they had to be to draw all these pictures. I couldn't wrap my head around it and I never thought I could do it. So I was doing like, um, uh, like digital painting commissions of D and D characters and stuff for years. And one day I got a, uh, a note on DeviantArt from a editor at boom. And they were like, uh, it was Jasmine Amiri, and she was like, do you want to try out for a comic? I don't know if you want to. I don't see any comics in your gallery or anything. And it was one of those days where I was just like, yeah, let's try it. Why not? <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but I tried out, and I got the job somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it still blows my mind. <laughs> so were you, when you're, if you have art, you know, always kind of involved when you're, you're, you're younger. And as you're getting older, I, were you, mm-hmm. were you doing other things in terms of like uh, work and a career and doing art on the side? Or did you from, did you from an early age, you know, when try to pursue art like professionally? I tried to pursue it professionally from an early age. I had um, some uh, anxiety issues that kind of stopped me from doing a lot of stuff. So I okay. just kind of threw everything I had into doing art. Like I knew this was what I was good at. This is what made me happy. This is it's becoming a career kind of just slowly. I didn't know if it would become something. And I mentioned a few years back on a few years back on Twitter or something that like comics, when I stepped into that world or this world, rather it kind of answered a whole lot of questions I had with my career with art. Cause I, I didn't think I could do, comics and then i started doing them and people asked me to do them and then jobs started showing up and i thought okay this is it this is leading somewhere this is some guidance that i needed so i'm always really thankful for just having that one little question like do you want to try out for this and i was i'm so happy that i said yes because i never thought i could do any of this it yeah, still blows we'll- me every day I mean, comic fans are um, are happy you said yes as well. Uh, <laughs> you're, too. You're, Me too. <laughs> I mean, some of your cover work in recent years is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, anyone, you. You 
I'll put in the show notes the website, but if you go to your website and look at some of your recent cover work, I mean, um, like the Nightwing, there's a couple of Nightwing covers, which um, we'll put like a, a warning on before people click. But uh, <laughs> A couple of those the, the pinup phases. No. Uh, so when you when you say something like, I didn't think I could do comics, is mm-hmm. it that, I mean, clearly you're talented. You worked hard to get to the level you're at. Um, when you say, I, I don't think I could do it, is it like the, the the time aspect of it? Is it, I don't know if I can hit and do like a monthly or was it right. something else in terms of you not being, you thinking you couldn't do it? Um, it was, it was something else because I, like I said, I wasn't like a diehard comics fan growing up. I didn't know about like the monthly turnaround or the the scheduling that went behind it. I knew it was it was a lot to do, but I grew up painting a picture and I took my time. I, I took as much time as I needed to paint it. And then when I stepped okay. into comics, I was still painting. I, I jumped in painting comics. I didn't draw them. So my first book was Clockwork Angels for Boom. And I painted that whole thing, I think six issues. And then I said, that was really stressful. That was a lot of work. <laughs> that How do people do this? And then I was like, oh, okay, they ink. So I had to figure out how to ink because that was something new too. So when you, were you doing for that for clockwork angels, you say you were painting it. Were you, I mean, painting Mm -hmm. it traditionally and then transferring it over. You were doing it. You were painting it digitally, but yeah, that's been my medium for a very long time. Okay. Wow. And so, yeah, um, I had to learn a lot of new stuff. (laughs) Was it the same? Because I think after clockwork angels, you had, uh, Euthanauts with Teeny Howard. Is that right? Uh, that was a, a few years after that. I did oh, okay. Clockwork Angels. And then I think I had a year where I was figuring out how to ink and not paint comics. So I did a lot of cover work. And then I mm-hmm. did um, uh, I did some Maze Runner shorts for Boom. Uh, and then Alien Bounty Hunter with Vault. And um, a couple others before Euthanauts. Okay. So there's a big gap between them two, but it was a a lot of, (laughs) I need to learn how to do stuff first. Okay. (laughs) Learning, learning Um, how to do the job and then how the industry works because I went in blind. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that has to be somewhat of a, of a a learning curve uh, in terms of the actual business aspect of it. Um, I mean, Tate, in terms of you thinking you, you know, similarly that you didn't think you could do comics as a career, you wanted to, you know, write for TV. Um, was it similar, you know, your experience in terms of once you actually start being mentored by Jeff and start seeing what it's like to, you know, turn around a, a monthly comic? Was it like eye opening in terms of the business or did you have some sense of it? Um, well, I had some sense of it just from conversations with Jeff. And I had been following so many creators on Twitter and like Tumblr back in the day and hearing from them and kind of learning from them how they made comics and then what their experience was. Um, But for me, like, I remember as a kid, like dreaming, because I was a big like Marvel comics guy and growing up and I loved X-Men more than anything. And I remember dreaming up like stories, like if I could write for Marvel, like what, like if I took um, this hero, like what story would I do? And like, I would dream Mm -hmm. these ideas. But then, like, be like, oh, but that's like, that's how does that happen? That's not going to happen. Like, 
Cause like I'm like this kid in a small town in Ontario. Um, and they felt like if you were going to make it in comics, it'd be like in New York where Marvel is, or you needed, like, I didn't, there's no clear path into the industry. Like there still isn't. Um, so I just didn't know how to get in, even though I loved the medium. And then when I started being mentored by Jeff, obviously that's like huge. Like he's a Titan in the industry. So that was like a huge thing, just um, meeting him and him taking me on and like seeing something in me, even though I don't understood <laughs> why, but I'm like, so thankful that he like just believed in me. And then um, even like, and then he was helping me with pitches and I would send those pitches around to like editors and like, it wasn't really going anywhere. So, and it honestly was only because Jeff, like I pitched Jeff the idea of Barbalian um, and he believed in that story enough to like give me a shot. Um, so that like, I know when I'm very privileged and like lucky to have had that opportunity. So like, um, otherwise it's like, I don't know how I would have gotten into the industry, <laughs> like been making comics as I am now. Well, I mean, but again, you know, I'm I'm glad that you are. I think there's a lot of comic fans that gl are glad that you are. And and just not to continue to turn this into like the Barbalian podcast, but I mean that comic is potentially a pretty you know big swing in terms of the the Black Hammer universe. You're dealing with you know this one particular character, but you're the idea of the police. You're dealing with issues of police brutality. You're dealing with the AIDS epidemic. You're dealing um with barbalians you know relationships and um it, it's it's just a it's a very powerful story it's a very I, that word i think sometimes gets overused but it is it's a very like it's a very beautiful comic um and very successful so i mean what whatever it was jeff saw jeff yeah. was right <laughs> yeah 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 no it was also like um i really knew that i couldn't mess it up Partly because Jeff believed in me so much. I was like, I cannot <laughs> let <laughs> Jeffrey down. And then I also um, just felt so much. I just knew that I couldn't mess it up for a lot of the survivors and heroes of the actual AIDS, of the AIDS crisis. So yeah. like, I really felt this kind of ownership to like tell the story properly and well. So like, I think all of that and that those pressures really um, pushed me and like really trying to get the most out of the story and make it as good as it could be mm -hmm. plus just walt does work i like he made it sing so much and jordy and aditya so i'm very i'm very proud of what what it came out to be mm. well you should be um mm -hmm. not that you need my approval <laughs> <laughs> no thank you so as much one, you. as one com as one comic fan um but now the two of you, um, and I know you worked together once before, right? Wasn't there a Colonel Weird and Little yeah. Andromeda? For the, yeah, that was the, our, mm -hmm. our tester comic before we yeah. jumped into okay. the... <laughs> but we actually met on Barbalian because Nick did a cover for us. And yeah. he did a variant cover for issue five. And it's so beautiful. And I <laughs> immediately like reached out to him and was like, this is amazing. We're friends now. And then we've just been <laughs> friends. <laughs> it is. Just, just That's talk right. every day now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've, so, we've been wanting to make like a comic together for a while. And then I dragged him into the Colonel Weird book. Because I was like, now's our chance. Like we might not ever have a chance. Like who knows. Mm -hmm. um, 
so let's try this Colonel Weird comic. I think Nick was like debating if he was gonna like make the jump onto Behemoth with me. But um, so then I was like, I tried to like win him over with Colonel Weird. I was like, look <laughs> at how much fun you can have. And he really like got to push <laughs> his style. And like he had he did such beautiful work on that short comic. Yeah, absolutely. Um but now the whole behemoth, um it's your first Tate, it's your first creator own comic. Yes, with with just just me and like and Nick, yeah, but yeah. So first, where I'm not with like Jeff behind my shoulder, mm-hmm. Muscle Man, and but with um <laughs> and or, or and without James Tynan, who's like my other partner in crime. But yeah, the the other behemoths we have, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't even mentioned House of Slaughter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so you mentioned it a little bit, but you said like you had to win Nick over. Like, is that is that what happened? Like, Tate, did you have this idea, and you're like, Nick, I have this idea, and I want you to join me. Like, how did it how did it come out for this idea? And then we'll we'll talk about because I I pulled a quote that Tate said that I want to really dig into about the whole thing, but I want to know the the genesis of it. Oh man, I don't even remember this quote. Okay, so <laughs> um, basically, I had this story idea for a while, and Boom was down to make it. I probably always secretly wanted Nick to draw it because I just want Nick to draw everything I write. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I had this idea. It was going to be made. I was, we were doing an artist search and I was like, I don't know who is going to be, be able to pull off this comic. This, like we can get into it, but this comic is ridiculous. It's like very massive in scope, but also like incredibly human and intimate. Um, so it landed like it does every and it covers everything from like the death of a brother to like the biblical apocalypse. So like I knew we need an artist that could capture that range. Um so I always wanted Nick, but Nick is ever Nick is very in demand. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I <laughs> I don't remember when exactly, but at one point, I think after working on the Colonel Weird thing, or maybe around that time. I was like, Nick, what if, because Nick knew about the project because we talk way too yeah. much. Um, <laughs> but I, at one point, was just like, Nick, what if you draw this? And I think Nick was also at a point, I won't speak for you, but I think you were also at like a queer deci- career decision moment Yeah. Um, when I came to you with it. So then you can take over the rest of this. Yeah, I didn't know where I was going next. I was kind of taking a break and just I didn't know if I wanted to take a little break from comics after I finished up on the dreaming or did I want to do something solo or try that out. And then I would look on my desktop and there'd be like three pitches from Tate that we keep talking about nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then we did the Colonel weird short and um, I, I had fun and um, just me and Tate worked well together. And I knew he had Behemoth sitting around and they were looking for artists. Um, I think he mentioned it to me almost a year before I said, yeah, let's do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how we ended up coming together to make the Behemoth. Yeah. And, and when I when I mentioned like needing artists for that scope and just the breadth of what this series is, I was like, Nick is one of the few artists that I could like see pulling this off 
And you can see it in like some of the preview images that have been released. And I think you you saw some more. I did. I can, saw like, a, a couple of the preview images and uh, a couple yeah, of pages yeah. that that Nick that Nick sent me. And I mean, they're yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah, it's and he's I don't know he's on another level on this book, and I'm just excited for people to see it. Basically, but yeah, I, I mean, like when I was talking about the scope, I was like, there's only a few artists I could do this, and Nick is like one of them. So I'm very, I feel blessed to have him on well, this. It's well, speaking of, the, <laughs> speaking of the the scope, I mean, um, so the I guess the press release that Boom sent out. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we've talked, you know, a a little bit about it, but about Behold Behemoth, they said about how a man's fracturing world and monstrous nightmares, nightmares, I say that word funny, nightmares foreshadow the unthinkable. Um, And then it goes into a little description about what the book's actually about. But, um, but Tate, you, they have you quoted as saying it's, uh, I'm paraphrasing, it's something that comics hasn't seen before, psycho horror meets post-apocalypse by way of biblical fantasia. I don't know what yeah. that means exactly, but I want to read it. <laughs> cool. Read that, it. that was the goal of that <laughs> ridiculous <Perfect>. quote. <laughs> I'm glad it worked. <laughs> I mean, I think I know what it means. I get post-apocalypse. I understand psycho, you know, psycho horror, psychological horror, but by way of biblical fantasia. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything, you know, Nothing is quite coming to mind as to an, anything that I would describe like that that I've read recently. Um, yeah, that's, that's and that description I, plus said, the preview image seals the deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's like I, that's what I said. And even we talked to our editor Eric about this. Um, how this book is very hard to define um, mm-hmm. in like a very cool way. Um, and it's kind of like a lot of my favorite stories over the past few years coming together to create something like this. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, things like I had recently watched Evangelion. I had wa- I had played through well years ago now, but like the last of us. Um, and I recently, um, played Shadow of the Colossus for the first time. Um, and I was raised very religiously. So like kind of like all of these things came together um, to create this kind of, um, like pull this book together. Uh, but at the same time, even though it is like this epic scope, it is very much just about like this very intimate relationship between like, well, just like this intimate story about this man named Grayson and then there's this little girl named Ren who who eventually comes into the story Um, and it's kind of them surviving together um, at the end of the world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey what's up everybody this is Joey Galvez I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs this one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. And I mean, yeah, that 
sounds exactly like something I want to read right now. Um, so I can't, Perfect. I can't wait. Um, oh yeah. It's also a lot of just the past two years went into this book. Oh, <laughs> Where, wow. Like the end of the world <laughs> is just becoming more and more apparent. And it is me um, kind of reckoning with that. And I know like, um, and like on top of that, a lot of just like, not just like the physical world, but also like the mental and like emotional world mm-hmm. where I just sometimes feel like I'm losing my mind when I am looking around at the state of everything and how, how people are reacting to it. Um, and how we all just seem to continue to go on, like things are normal. So like, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of that and that anxiety and that angst going into this book. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it sums up a way a lot of people, I think, are, are feeling and to take all of that and channel it into into something like this. Um, it it sounds uh, exciting, extraordinary in terms of you know what what um what the comic could be about. I, I love the name "Behold Behemoth," um, and the couple of preview pages that Boom showed. I mean, it's it, there's very like there's a very uh, a realness to the first couple of pages. Uh, and then there's like a, it looks like a, a double page spread that is n- like nothing I've ever seen before that, <laughs> you know, looks like a little bit, you've taken a little bit of your work from, um, you know, the dreaming waking hours, taking a little mm-hmm. bit from euthanauts. Um, that double page spread in the preview looks like incredible. Uh, it almost looks like an odd puzzle that was put together. Um, it's you know so nick when you hear what this is about do you you know i know you're deciding what it is you're going to do but when you think like oh you know what i can do this i'm i'm going to be on board tate has finally won me over i'm i'm going to you know work on this are you, <laughs> do you like even before you maybe read the script when you just hear about the idea start to think about what you know the comics going to look like or do you wait till you get a you know a full script before you start like thumbnailing it Oh yeah, I have a script when I'm going to thumbnail, but just the name hooked me first of all. Just behold, Behemoth is great, but um, mm-hmm. just when we, when uh, Tate pitched me the whole story and everything and what it can be and what it could be, he knew that I wanted to explore different artistic styles with comics and not just do um, one thing for one book. I love to jump around and. Um, it's funny you mentioned euthanauts and um, the dreaming because the dreaming I explored a little bit of style differences when uh, things ended up in a nightmare area or something. And what I did with the whole behemoth is I picked and cho- <laughs> picked and choose from all my different styles that I've kind of been exploring and uh, using in comics, and they're all getting used in behemoth. I think the <laughs> first issue has three different styles that I jump through, and then it all kind of ends up melding together it's just such a melting pot of everything that i can do artistically and that's just a joy for me i love being able to just jump around and if i wake up one day and want to paint something a little more abstract or something i I could say i can work on pages uh four to five that's what i want to do today and then the next day if i want to do inks and more cartoony styles or something like euthanauts i could do that that day and i'm knock something over <laughs> and um <laughs> i'm uh i could just pick what i wanted to do that day because i'm also handling all of the colors too on this book i'm drawing it and coloring it 
So I could just, oh, wow. I could, um, I, I like the freedom to jump around. It's not an editor's favorite aspect of my working style because mm-hmm. they want to work from A to, A to Z. But sometimes I want to work from A to J, back to B to C, something like that. <laughs> and it's, it's a pain. It's, I, I'm trying to um, section it off better where uh, people behind me working will not have to follow my random jumpings. But I, I just kind of love doing that. That's, that's part of the, the magic for me when I get to creating stuff. And Behold Behemoth just offers that up in spades. I love just diving into it. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. And so do you, I mean, is that what you, you know, you, you look for in, pro, in projects for your, your ability to be able to do that? Because it's not every comic where you can, Mm-mm. you know, jump around in, in, terms of, no. in terms of styles. It's something I've been keeping in mind more as I go on. I, I'm right. kind of, you, you kind of take in stock of what's worked for you in the past and what's not and what you want to do and just how to make yourself happy, but not throw off the whole schedule of everyone else. Right. So that's the big thing why I wanted to color myself this time, just to try it out and just see if that helps. And it does some, um, it's, it's another learning curve, but I'm having fun learning something new. It's comics are very much a thing that you do the same thing over and over again to tell the story, but having different styles and different avenues of art you can explore. It kind of offers you fun little new learning curves you get to explore here and there. Mm-hmm. So Behemoth has been that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited for people to see it because it's nothing like I've ever done before. And that's exactly what I wanted to bring to the book because it's, it's an amazing story. And I just wanted to reflect the story as best I could with the art. Yeah, I mean, I can say that if anyone hasn't seen the, the couple of preview pages that I've seen, the 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 first few pages, which are you know very like realistic type of setting in terms of the opening, but it quickly shifts, and it's you know um, it's kind of incredible like, like to see what the potential of this book is when you see you know that shift very early on in those you know first couple of pages. So. Uh, I'm excited to to see more of it. Um, is this a is there a, like a is this a limited series in terms of the number of issues? It's um it's at five issues for now, and then it okay. kind of it, like depending on how it goes. The hope is that of course we can keep telling stories um, with these characters and in this world. Right. Um, yeah. So we will see. The plan is like to hopefully we're kind of planning to do more, but if we if we end up with just a nice five issue book on a shelf, we'll be very happy. Mm-hmm. How it goes. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope, um, you know, judging by the work of both of you that I've, I've seen already, I hope you get to tell as many, as many issues <laughs> as you want. <laughs> so, uh, that would be, uh, you know, that would be great. Um, yeah. So, uh, when you are working, when you are, Putting together something like this. Um, oh, and I should mention that it's being lettered by And World Design. Is that mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, also, no slouches in the lettering department. <laughs> yeah. No, we are very lucky. Uh, our editor, um, Ramiro, suggested them. And we were like, yes, 
please. We love like Darren Bennett is so good. And world, everyone mm-hmm. on that team is so good. So we're very happy. So when you start putting together, you know, something like this, and in terms of, you know, Tate with the, this being like your first kind of uh, creator owned, um, you know, the, the different aspects in terms of comic books, writing and art and editorial and putting it all together, but also like, like doing this, doing podcasts, like the promotional side of it, does that stuff come easy to you? Is that like a lot more difficult is how does that work for, for both of you to have to talk to, you know, dum-dums like me about your comic? (laughs) Oh no, I, I love doing, I love doing interviews, especially like uh, the face-to-face stuff it's really nice um especially with comics lovers like we it's so easy to talk about comics with with, with people like us mm-hmm. um but the promoting and the reaching out does not come easily to me i'm like a very just naturally shy person mm-hmm. as many writers are um but i'm learning especially with this being like my first greater owned um kind of like how to deal with that and luckily we're doing it with boom like if this was an image series we would be like kind of totally on our own um but boom has like a great marketing department like everyone there is so friendly and passionate about the book like you can feel their passion and excitement um so it's it's great to like have them backing us up um Mm -hmm. and also just like learning from them and how they do it it's great how with you, Nick? Do you find this aspect of it? Is this difficult or is this easy or somewhere in between? Oh, it's difficult for me, but I said I'm going to try and be more be more proactive with uh, the promotional side of things for this book. I need to get better at it. I think this is only my third podcast thing I've done. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you're I'm, doing great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Um, well, I I, in, ter- uh, in terms of, uh, you know, working on and, and working on this and all the work that goes into it, do you, do you still have time to read like any current comics or dig into back issues? Is there anything you're like, you're reading and checking out now? Oh my gosh. My, for me personally, I am, I'm so bad at reading while I'm writing. It's like the one thing. Well, there's a lot of things that get cut. <laughs> I wish I played more video games. I wish I watched more movies. Um, but reading is like the one thing I do try. My, well, I watch too much TV, but I do try to read <laughs> um, comics and books. I wish I did more of that. Um, I'm really behind on like monthlies right now. Uh, but I just picked up Ducks by Kate Beaton that I'm so excited to read. Um, I've been getting into... I've been reading more manga because they come in like the perfect size volumes where like you can spend an evening, a couple hours reading the volume and you feel like you've really completed something. So I'm reading through Chainsaw Man, which is so fun. Um, I've been slowly working through Berserk. Um, What else am I reading? Um, My like favorite, like recent thing that's just so good. um, And it's not just because he's my friend is nice house on the lake because it's just so good um yeah yeah, that's kind of what i've been reading and i've been making my way through the uh and rice vampire books on the novel side which is fun (laughs) uh and there's uh that new um isn't there a new interview and rice interview the vampire show yes and it looks so good and i cannot wait it comes out in like a couple weeks i (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I, uh, I, I, um, I know one person that I that works in film and 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 television, and they directed, I think, the third and fourth episode of the series. So oh, I'm looking forward cool. to seeing it. So that's awesome. So uh, I know, yeah, I know, um, yeah, um, Keith Powell, uh, who was on Thirty Rock, and he's directed a bunch oh, of TV cool. now, and and yeah, so I very cool, I'm very excited, looking forward to it because I'm excited for Keith that he got to direct some interview with the vampire. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. how about you nick do you uh still have time to to dig into any comics or manga I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same i'm bad about keeping up with stuff but uh take we all are i mean i'm oh t- yeah to be red pile is huge <laughs> yeah same uh but um tate mentioned uh akira to me recently and i kind of just went and got the whole big beautiful box set of it because i've been wanting to read oh. it for years so I'm awesome. working through that one right now, um, and uh, yeah, I play I play more games than I do reading or TV usually. Just mm-hmm. just what I need another little screen to look at after drawing comics all day. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I wish I read more books and stuff. I, I I have some in my to be read pile that I need to get to. But like I said, I'm I'm coloring Behemoth two, and that is another load of work on the comic. So. I'm right. working on comics right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, I I mean, I, I get that response a lot from, you know, a lot of creators. It's like you get into comics, yeah. you love comics, you love reading comics, and then you start making comics. And then you're like, yeah. oh, I yeah, I'd like to, to yeah. check out what other folks are, are doing. I'm, I'm the same way. I only started doing this, you know, because I like to read comics and would be on Twitter and tweet about comics that I liked. And then. I started reviewing them and then started interviewing folks. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I, uh, I'm too, I'm like, just interview. I'm like reading the comic right before I interview someone. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I now schedule interviews if I want to read their comic. So that's, nice. that's what I do. <laughs> that'll, that ensure that I, Perfect. that'll ensure <laughs> that I read it so I can talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I usually go through like births of like, I'll read a bunch of comics and then I will not touch our comic for like a, a while um, and I'll right. switch to novels or something. So it kind of like ebbs and flows, but it is hard to be like creating comics all day and then going and looking at a comic. Unless like there are some that actually do it, like are inspirational. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, I want to lie on the couch and watch like this week's drag race where I can just shut off my mind and not <laughs> have to think too hard. So that, yeah, that's yeah, what I end up doing. I never understood yeah. when I heard when I first started people saying they worked on comics all day and they didn't want to go read them afterwards. I don't know why that didn't make sense to me at first. And then I started doing them for like five or six years. And I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, you know, I think that's a, a common refrain for folks. That oh are yeah. For loving sure. comics and then making comics and then, you know, but, um, you know, there's there you gotta it, it's difficult sometimes to to find the time, but you know, mm-hmm. we do our best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so uh, does Behold Behemoth um leave room to like think about future projects or is it all this right now and then you worry about what's next, you know, once you you get towards the end, like issue four, issue five, and wait to see what's next um like you mean in terms of having more behemoth comics then 
either more behemoth or in terms of like other projects do you put things on the back burner while you're doing this yeah kind of um as soon as this wraps however far as far it goes i think me and nick have two or three comics on the back (laughs) we have a lot of we have a lot i've I've sent them many pitches many things (laughs) so i don't know we'll see um but kind of yeah it's kind of we're planning out the five issues and I think by probably the first two issues, how they do, we'll probably be able to see two, three issues. And then um, we can go from there. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, we'll see what happens, but um, Nick will not be getting rid of me easily. Is all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, um, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, but I did want to ask. So Tate, when you, when you come up, when you have an idea, and you're like, oh, I have this, and you know, you start to like work it out, and you're gonna you're gonna send it to Nick again. Like, do you kind of have like an outline from beginning to end? Do you just have a couple of paragraphs? Like, how do you do that when you 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 get an idea and you want to try and get somebody else involved? How far do you go before you're like, I'm gonna send this to an artist and see what they think? Yeah. Well, I will generally like to really win someone over, I will get like a good proper like one page pitch together um with like a solid log line like a simple synopsis that gets like the plot but also like the tone and like the themes and ambitions um and and obviously like a good log line like I've, i don't know if i've probably thrown some at nick before but just like the the, the idea of what the comic is mm-hmm. um because i know me and nick just have a lot of similar sensibilities like we want to tell similar stories um Mm -hmm. so it's that's kind of how it goes um and like and then a lot about i'll have stuff about the characters because i know nick and i are both like all about character and like we really just fall in love with characters um so i feel like i could just hook nick with like a good character description (laughs) like i'm in (laughs) pretty much (laughs) um but yeah usually like a solid um like a one-page pitch at least because you need to show like you put in work and actual thought but in order to like win someone over and that it could actually be something substantial Mm -hmm. okay and well worked for behold behemoth (laughs) (laughs) it did eventually (laughs) you you got you got me i remember we were talking um, about something recently and you were I think it was another project we were talking about and you were like, yeah, we can do this after Behold Behemoth is done. If you still want to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. Suck with me. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if all else fails, try guilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh, well, um, I thank you both so much for chatting with me today. It's uh, I, I've been very excited since we booked this to talk to both of you. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast <laughs> today. Um, and I'll put yeah. a link in the show notes that behold behemoth is going to be out in November from boom studios and mm-hmm. anything else um, coming out that our listeners should, should look for. Is there more you know, house of slaughter or any, uh, any covers, Nick? I don't think I have anything announced that I can talk about yet. So okay, all right, well, no, yeah, nothing we'll I can talk tuned. about. Yeah, there's some things. Well, um, well, one thing 
get pre-orders in if, you, if people are interested oh, yeah. in Behold Behemoth. Please, I think FOC is the first the or tenth. the second week of October. The 10th of October, I asked just the before we came October. on here. <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's coming up. Um, so get pre-orders in the comic shops. Uh, my only other comic coming out right now that I can talk about is called The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos. <laughs> And that's on James Tynan's Substack, which Nick also did the character designs and does the cover for. So we really yeah. just work too much together. <laughs> but um, Christopher Chaos is on the Tiny Onion Substack um, digitally. And it will be coming up physically or in print soon. There will be announcements sometime soon. Um, All right. But that's a really, oh. especially if people are into horror, it's like a nice kind of... Mm-hmm. Or at a high school, monsters are real. There's a mad scientist, um, a vampire, other things. It's fun. Yeah, that sounds great. And I'll uh, I, I can put I'll put a link to the it's the tiny onion uh, Substack, right? That yeah, they can get that yeah. through. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, thank you both so much for uh, being on the podcast uh, again today. I, I can't thank you enough. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and. Um, I'll make sure to tag you guys whenever uh, whenever this comes out. So Nick and Tate, thank you, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, cool, thanks thank you us. so much for asking us. Yeah, this was amazing. We appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. It was such a joy. All right. So, and as uh, Tate and Nick said, make sure you pre-order uh, "Behold Behemoth" uh, FOC final order cutoff is uh, October 10th. I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you like listening to me, uh, you know, awkwardly uh, stumble through questions uh, for <laughs> to some of your favorite comic creators, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Um, And uh, thank you. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.